What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 35 of Two Dudes of Sports News. As always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What it do, what it do. This is Jalen Prince. And this episode, we have a very, very special guest. Our first guest on this podcast. Yes, sir. Mr. Darian. And you may know him as Chill Takes on TikTok. Darian, Darian, welcome to Two Dudes with Sports News. How are you guys doing today, man? Uh, Thank you guys for having me on. It's definitely a pleasure, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. Yes, sir. All right, so before we get into all the sports stuff, Jalen, I know you wanted to kind of um, talk about Darian a little bit, kind of ask him a couple questions. I'll let you take this one away. So, like, the story on um, with Darian, I think I follow on – it's like one of them usual things where you're on TikTok, you get your For You page. It's very it's very simple on that. He popped up on one of mine where he was going – like, some. he was talking about some of the best quarterbacks, but really he addressed, like, his feelings and depression as a Jags fan. Garrett, you know that pretty well for a long time. Yes, this sir. Is like, especially during the Urban Meyer area. Era. Don't, so don't. I, we could go on for a long time about that shit. <laughs> I called that from the jump. I was very, very vocal about how terrible the decision – because as a Gators fan, too, I was very vocal about how horrible of a decision that was. And it's one of those things, too, like, Darian, I know you feel it, too, like whenever we make a decision, when Jalen is a Seahawks fan, and, as you, you know, we have friends who are Falcons fans, when you see that decision made, you're like, this is going to go badly. I hope I'm wrong, but this is going to go badly. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Gator fan, too, so I know all about the Urban Meyer dirt. So uh, at God. first, I, I was thinking it was going to be good. You know, like like I said, we can go on all day about this. But, like, the way the process went, I was like, well, we, we're circling on this guy, man. He has to be the guy going forward. And, man, it was a disaster from really from that free agency on till he got fired. So, Yeah, but, like, uh. He was talking. He was talking about the Jags one time. I wanted to conversation because bro was like he wasn't angry. He wasn't biased or anything like that. He actually knew his sports, knew what he was doing, like knew what he was talking about, and he stuck with his gun. So I was very interested. I wanted to try to go live. He went live one time. I was on his live, but then I realized TikTok don't allow you to go live or go on other people's live unless you hit around a thousand followers. So mm-hmm. I, until I so when I finally got a thousand followers. I went on his I went on his live right there. That was the first live live that I ever went on, like ever on TikTok. So that's how we pretty much took off. Yeah, man, I, pr- I appreciate that, man. I did not know that. So he was he was look he was holding out for me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding out for a lot of people. He <laughs> was just the first one at that time, but like it all it all worked out. Yeah, so, man. Garrett, what we got on the plate? Let, let's learn a little bit about Darian for a second. So like Darian, like how did you get started in all this? Uh, I started doing uh, well. Originally, back in like 2019, me and a, a group of my friends decided to do a partnership on a podcast together. Uh, we talked college football and also sprinkle in Jaguar talk because we were all Jaguars fans. But um, we uh, we like separate college teams. Like I'm a Florida fan. I had a, I have an FSU fan. That's a, a friend of mine and a Miami fan, which is his brother. And we're all friends together and whatnot. Yeah, so we had, yeah, we had a triple threat, the big three down here in Florida. So um, we Florida did a podcast like thin. that. You said what? I said Florida spread pretty thin when it comes to fans. My brother went to Florida State, and we just we don't talk a couple days out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was nice though. Um, we had a thing going for a little bit, but the schedules and you know meeting up for the pod and you know the actual like dialogue of the pod, it was just up and down. And you know, uh, I started branching off and doing my own thing. I, I separated my channel and created Chill Takes uh, just off my my username on other social medias, but um. I, I interviewed my first player. Um, it was uh, one of my best friends hooked me up with the interview with a Javon Wilms. He used to play for Georgia. Uh, yeah, I'm he, familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Javon Wilms from Jacksonville. So I was able to interview him. 
well, he's actually from Miami, but he relocated to Jacksonville mm-hmm. when he was younger. But I was able to interview him, and that's really what a jump started from there, man. And um, getting on the TikTok, uh, I was just pushing on my content, but I felt like no one was looking at it. Um, mm-hmm. and I had partnerships with other like podcast groups and stuff like that, but I felt like you know, my, my I wanted to talk more than just you know college football. I want to talk NFL too, man. Um, my best friend, um. She's a big influencer on TikTok. She kept on telling me, just get on TikTok, get on TikTok. And I was like, I don't think sports will be an avenue on there. Long behold, man, there's there's a lot of people on there talking sports. So I started the uh, 2021 of March, and I've been going strong since. I've had a couple breaks here and there, like social media breaks. But, yeah, you know, I, I plan on making this a, a full-time career. So, yeah, man, I I, I love what I do. So I got, awesome, story. I got two questions for you, dog. First things on um, first things first, what was what okay, what what was the first TikTok that took off that took off for you? Um strangely enough, like I had somewhat immediate success on there and I kind of beat myself up about it because I, I could have been I could have had a larger follower account by now and I could have been further down around around down the road, but I caught COVID and I got sidetracked by a lot of things. But prior to that, man, I had a video that it's probably at a million a million views by now but it caught it caught wind of me uh basically talking about the uh the patriots and jaguars game of AFC championship 2017 and how miles jack wasn't down and how don't get me started on on how freeze missed so many calls and there were the nine stitches in his hand yeah um it was it was uh it was that video right there man and um it blew up and I got traction off that, and I started posting content every single day, and yeah, that's why I, that's how I got to where I am right now. My second, awesome, man. my second question is this: um, You think about the level of success, and I already talked, and Garrett's already he 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 was already ecstatic about this, about just winning that playoff game on the comeback against the Chargers and everything. But mm-hmm. let me ask you: You were at the game. What yes, was, I was. Like, what was that moment? How did you how did you feel? What was uh, like the energy like? after that game and just knowing that you have a quarterback, you have a head coach, y'all got something to build off, especially knowing that Calvin really is going to be, is, is now part of the team now. So what was that moment like? And what was that moment like to have that playoff win and just the future of the jazz going forward? Uh, Well, the game itself was like from the jump. It was like a, what the hell moment. Um, yeah. Uh, he Trevor threw the first pick and I was like, all right, well, you know, it's going to be one of them games. And then he just, do another pick and another pick and another pick and i was like oh my goodness man so much was going wrong like in the first quarter so like a lot of fans were being patient because you know jaguar fans you know when we have success they're very faithful so i'm mm-hmm. very i'm very proud of us as fans and standing out those stands you know waited out and, and you know, like we've seen this team make comebacks all year um but you know the score before halftime really changed and people uh, have seen the charges blow leaves like that all yeah time. and that's another thing too so we tried to hold it down you know that score before halftime was really big. It kept the fans in the stands. And, you know, once that third quarter ended, man, it was a new ball game, man. Fans were excited. And, of course, we ended up winning the game. And a lot of people, man, I was stunned. I was shocked. I, I went live immediately on TikTok, and I was just, just like, you know, just so so filled with emotions, man, because my team really just, first of all, made one of the biggest comebacks in playoff history. And my tre- – uh, about my Trevor? <laughs> my quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, uh, <laughs> overcame – He's our uh, Trevor. <laughs> he's our Trevor. Yeah, quarterback Trevor Lawrence over like one of the weirdest like uh, turnovers, like you know starts I've ever seen in my life. Like I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback throw four interceptions in a playoff game and still win. 
and he he he, like, he battled through it right he had a completely different app so it was amazing but to answer your question going forward about the jaguars i think this future is very bright the division's pretty sorry so i think the jaguars can easily win that division for the next three or four years at least oh yeah. um, have them really on um, w peterson we're going to get better in the offseason i'm pretty i think trent bulk is going to be aggressive and shotgun might spend some of his money to bring in pieces i think they understand what's at stake right now and you know i mean who knows what could happen medium next year, rare. but but you think it'd be medium rare yeah you said like what's at stake medium rare oh i got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think the future is very bright for this team man. i really do they have had they have like one of the biggest upsides in the league right now i mean it's it's hard not to be like excited about this team going forward i mean the expectations are definitely have risen, you know what I'm saying, um, from this past season. But I think playoffs again next year. Maybe not maybe not AFC championship, but I expect to be in a second round again next year. Oh, for sure. Like Trevor said about us, like this is the standard. Yeah, this, like, is, this is everything standard. going forward. This is definitely and the team, going forward. Yeah, the team isn't even at full strength. And it's like and we'll, we'll, the thing that made it for me, and we'll get into this we talk about the AFC championship. That game made me realize how close we actually are. Yeah, yeah, we are. Like, we're right there. So, like, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. As soon as Calvin really gets reinstated, I'm pumped. But let's get right into it, man. Real, so, quick, real quick, you said, like, nobody's ever came back from four, on four interception game and, like, win the game. Uh, the closest one was Russell Wilson when he threw three against the Packers, and we came all the way back to beat the Packers in, in, in the NFC Championship back in uh, 20, by, back in 2016. Hey, look, okay. that was a, yeah, that what? was the last time. Okay. That ja- yeah, that Jags thing. That I mean, the NFL wrote a heck of a script for Trevor right there. That was- <laughs> we're not gonna talk <laughs> oh, about that. Man, not the script. No, we are not <laughs> that gonna talk about that. That is such a topic right well, now. Oh, I'm gonna touch goodness. on this very, very briefly. The people who were taking the scripting thing seriously are ridiculous. I mean, it. it, it Arian Foster was clearly kidding. Yeah, uh, he's he kidding. was. Oh, for sure. You can't. Uh, the, the logistics of scripting plays for. Hundreds of players, because every team has a 53-man roster. There's 32 teams. Yeah. You are scripting for 1,500 players. We, You're out of your mind if you think that okay, everyone is going to be on board for that. Here's my I, only. Here's my only thing. I'll give you okay. rigged. I'll give you rigged. I'm, I won't not, give even, you I'm not even going to go there. That's just not me. That's not my thing. Uh, but here's my thing. I th- I think the two funniest scripts that I've seen thus far on Twitter is uh, is uh, uh Matt Ryan <laughs> when he saw t- um, when they show when they show Tom Brady. <laughs> And the second one was uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. And some, <laughs> With his and, hands blowing up. Yes. Somebody, yeah. somebody had a gif, had a gift of the, of a person looking at their hands. And I love it. Jason Pierre-Paul reading the script. Oh, I've, been, I've been seeing it once from The Punisher where it's him tied to the chair. And he's like, no, no, don't, no. <laughs> it's it's great. I love it. But let's get right into it, man. Let's get to some of this coaching news a little bit. And, like, it. Jalen, you and I talked about this a little bit last week before the show. We talked about um, just defensive coaches and hiring and stuff like that. And you made the comment, are defensive coaches dying down? With the D'Amico Ryans hire, I don't really know. But I think you are right. I think the NFL does lead to a little more offensive-minded coaches because offense is more fun. But the old saying is defense wins championships. You know, What do you guys think about that? I'll go first on this one. So I said I said this a while ago. Defensive coaches are dying down. You look at the defensive coaches that are right now. You got Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, uh, Sean McDermott. Uh, now you got D'Amico, who's in Houston. And you got Robert my, Sala too. Robert Sala and my feelings, emotions with D'Amico in Houston. That's a different story for a whole another day because we know the history in which the Houston Texas organization has had with uh with 
co- with coaches that don't look like them. Um, trying to think. Also, a, a youth pastor should be involved in football that, operations. That, we, that, we've touched on that briefly. Unless, unless you're dealing with young, Shel- unless you're dealing with young Sheldon, but that's the that's the <laughs> thing about that. The look at the trend of it. There's a small amount of defensive-minded coaches, but there's also with that small mind. There's also been a small amount of success. You look at what Josh Allen looked with Sean McDermott after Brian Dayball did. Josh Allen was not the same. Well, the inferior Josh Allen. Uh, you look at the Steelers. They since Big Ben, like since Big Ben departed, and they were stuck with Ben Roethlisberger, old Ben Roethlisberger, started departing. Now you saw a little bit of spurts with Kenny Pickett, but at the same time, like you start to see the struggle offensively. They struggle to run the ball. They struggle, like they struggle to throw. Not saying now, Mike Tomlin's not going to lose his job. You better not. Uh, you look at Robert Sala. They struggled on offense, even though the defense was good. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see a whole trend. You start to see a whole trend with that, and more organizations are gravita- uh, gravitating towards more offensive. We're not even going to get started with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. The that's what happens. You have a defensive that, coordinator calling your plays, and that's what happens when you have a special teams coordinator calling your defense. But with anyway, his tongue sticking out at, the whole time. <laughs> you look at the trend of it. You look at Andy Reid. You look at Doug, uh, like Doug Peterson with y'all. Y'all look at uh, um 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 you. You look at a whole list of it. You look at what Kevin O'Connell did for the Vikings for the regular season. You look at um, you look at what what Mike what Mike McDaniel's did for the Dolphins. You look at Brian Dayball for the Giants. Offensive-minded coaches are taking over this trend of football because the game is gravitating towards offense. You can like on defense, it's hard to defend guys. You can't make contact. You can't hit the quarterback. What not, and right now we're starting to see and like it's being led by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So when I say it's dying down as far as defensive minded coaches, it's because offense is so much in favor that's becoming a dying breed. You still need defense to be able to win championships, but the gravitation of it, we're starting to see more offenses taking over. And that cliche of defense wins championships, it might be dying down just on the trend of what football is. Uh, football is becoming. See, I mean. Darren, I'll let you go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're good. I'm um I agree with Jalen. I mean, um defensive coaches are definitely dying down, but also I think another reason why they are is because, well, you're putting if you have a defensive minded head coach, right? He can be an all-star level coach at that area of football, but he has to go out there and hire an OC. If he has a good OC, his OC is not going to last long with that team. So he's going to continue to recycle that OC over and over and over again because he's going to get hired if he has success. Um, that's why, you know, a lot of defensive head coaches are have a, have a tough time keeping their OCs. Like, you know, uh, Dave Campbell almost lost, uh, Ben Johnson this off season, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick's been losing his OCs, you know, well, he had Josh McDaniels for quite some time, but he finally up and left him and he had to replace him this season. That's why he had to go back to Bill O'Brien. Thank um, God. Yeah. So <laughs> I know um, you're happy. I, I, I agree, man. I mean, it's very, very hard for. A, a, a defensive-minded head coach to have success in this league and also to be hired again elsewhere. I mean, also, like, they have different philosophies, man. They they put too much trust into their defense at times. They play too conservative. They're not aggressive enough, right? There's been countless times we've seen, you know, a defensive-minded head coach continuously putting his defense in positions to possibly win the football game for him because that's his side of the football. It can be fourth and one in plus territory. The coach still decides to punt and play ball control and conservative play calling and rely on his defense. And it usually comes back to haunt him, right? I mean, this league is different now, man. It's, it's an offensive-driven league. And if you do have a D.C. as a defensive-minded head coach, you better have a franchise quarterback in line and you better have a good O.C. in line. So, um, but or or, you know, 
maybe your hand more hands on on defense. There's some coaches out there that are you know more hands on on offense than or a defensive minded head coach that's more hands on on offense than a lot of us know. Like I think the Mikko Ryan's will be pretty hands on on offense in my opinion. I think Bill Belichick is sort of hands on on his offense as well. So you know, but like you said, I agree, man. Defensive minded head coaches or they're dying bring Lee right now, man. So yeah. The interesting thing is, as long as they can, and I feel like it's a situation for like offensive minded head coaches when you know the offense is producing, but the defense has been stepping up. As long as the head coach can learn to stay out of the way, regardless of what side of the ball they're headed towards, I think it's helpful. Like you don't want an offensive minded head coach calling defensive shots. I agree. You can ask about you can ask about defensive minded head coach. You can ask any Falcons fan what happens when you have a defensive minded head coach um, taking your foot off the gas. And that is true. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you literally gave up the you know the biggest lead in Super Bowl history because you thought you had it covered and you thought your defense would handle it. The other I mean, the other thing that you have to consider is with the and I know we got to move on. Um, with with the trend of offensive minded coaches, it's like you got to get the guy that could be able to be the CEO on, of the team. That's mm-hmm. the main thing. With D'Amico going to Houston, I think he's going to do a good job. Here's my main concerns. One, can he be the CEO is number one. Number two, will the Houston, Texas organization allow him enough time to see if he can be able to get this thing done? Not they decide a six-year contract, so I, maybe. I, I, I believe that so. I, still, I think that they will. Still, that still doesn't give me closer comfort because, again, he does not look like them. And we know the trend of this league. But I think because Lovey- of that, and I, Here's where I say he had an he has an advantage over Romeo Cornell and Lovey Smith. D'Amico played for the Texans. He was one of the best. Right. He was one of the best defend, uh, defensive players behind uh, defensive players in that Texas organization. Now he ain't no JJ Watt, but dude, uh, dude was darn close. He was he was there for six years. He was defensive rookie of the year. He was a three time Pro Bowler. The dude has been um, the dude has been there, done that, and he's rep- and he got a lot of good relationships in 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 Houston. So it should be a perfect match, but because he does not look like the owners is why it's giving me cause to pause and why I can't be too excited about it. I, I will say though, I, I think, you know, I agree with you, Jalen, on that part. I definitely believe that he, you know, black head coaches in this league, they don't last too long in certain, you know, teams, but outside of him just being a former player, I think they're going to give him a chance because one, they're still paying money to, David Cully and Lovey Smith. So I'm pretty sure the Texans are going to just let ride this out. And, you know, I think they're at a point now that they've got rid of Deshaun Watson. They got that juju off of them and whatnot, right? They knew Lovey Smith was only going to be here for one year because no one wanted a job uh, last year. I think this job was attractive, finally. I think D'Amico Ryan is a perfect candidate. He's going back to his former team. And, like, he's going to be gifted a franchise quarterback and he's you know, with this pick as well. And he's going to have time to build. I think they will give him all the time in the world to fix this, in my opinion. And he, he comes from good coaching pedigree as well. Like, like look at the coaches that come from Kyle Shanahan. They all succeed no matter where they go, at some at some degree. My, Robert Sala succeeding. Miami Daniels succeeded in year one. I think they trust, like, you know, the ownerships and the coaching, they're all in one circle, man. They all talk to each other, man. They all, you know, they're all in kumbaya with each other, man. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to give D'Amico a fair shot, man. I think he's going to get a full, at least four years, unless Unless he just craps the bed, you know, and have like back to back to back number one overall picks. But I doubt well, that. Happens. For Biz, there's an all field all field issue. That too. That too. Yeah. So let's move on to something, man. We'll we'll keep it head coach for a second, and we'll we'll keep this one quick. 
um, since Sean Payton's going to Denver. Real quick, yes or no, do you think he's going to fix Russ, or do you think, yes. like we said on episode 20-something, that Russ is cooked? Yes. Yeah, I think he fixes Russ. It, it, I, uh, see, I'm going to take the unpopular opinion here. I think the jury's still out for me because it. while I, I will agree that the offensive play calling was part of the issue in Denver, Russ was a whole other issue because the offensive play calling doesn't affect your reads, and he was missing – Ask KJ Hamler. He was missing wide I agree, I agree open with that. reads. Mike, I agree with you on that. The only thing about it, the reason why I'm a little bit more lenient is because Russ is still my all-time favorite quarterback because I, I became a Seahawks fan. The thing with Russ was, well, look at the last few games of the season when that and when the thing had was finally gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they I think they hit around 20 plus points and they went toe-to-toe with Kansas City. And he finally and threw then, more touchdowns. He finally threw more touchdowns and bathrooms in his house. And that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm Bro, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Here's the thing with Sean, here's the thing with Sean Payton. He's already announced he's going to find a, he's going to try to take the ball out of Russell's hands, which I'm fine with. I don't have no problem. Yeah. If you could be able to run the ball, your offensive line is going to improve with Sean Payton. You saw what it did with on with the New Orleans Saints. Russell Wilson's a more athletic Drew Brees. He just got a stronger arm and he can move better. And the that's weapons that he's going to have, not to mention not to mention Jerry Drew is going into a contract here, so he's going to be playing for something. This is going to be a really good situation. He's going into a, he's going into a really good situation, and not to mention there's not a there's not a lot of good defenses in and defenses right now in the AFC West. I don't know if I can give you more athletic Drew Brees, but I see where you're going with that. Now that's actually going to lead us right into um, you talking about Russ and building around Russ is going to lead me right into something. Uh, let's talk about the NFC Championship real quick. So the NFC Championship, I want to give a shout out to Philly fans before we get too into this. Um, y'all destroyed Joey Bosa. And as a Jags fan, I'm sure Darian, you can agree with me. That was just fun. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know so what's going fun. on with Bosa, man. They're they're two. His, him and his brother are weird people. They're no, phenomenal they're football players, man. But they're just that's all they do is football, man. I don't know how they would be able to survive without football. They seem very emotional and entitled to themselves, man. They're weirdos. They'll, they'll have more kids that would try, that would do football. That's basically it. And that's the thing with the two for me, like it. For those who don't know, uh, Philly is – I don't think I have to explain Philly fans to y'all. Um, I respect and love y'all's passion. Ruthless. I respect and love y'all's passion. And it was the thing uh, – the video that I'm talking about is the one where Bosa's outside the stadium and the fan comes up to him and starts yelling, Bosa, and they keep going back and forth. And Bosa just can't keep up with him mentally. I don't know if that's onset CT Wait, was that or the what? video where he says, I'm effing rich? Yeah, which was hilarious yeah. because a guy fired back like, "Yeah, I'm rich too." Like, how do you think I know what that is? <laughs> which is great. I mean, like, and then dur- apparently during the whole game, because in Philly, in, in the link, um, the boxes are open, so he's sitting there at the front seat at Lincoln Field, and the fans find where he is and are just tearing into him, and he doesn't know how to handle it. Nick Bose is the same way. I don't. It, and I I think you're right. I think it's a sense of entitlement, or I don't really know, but like. None of them can handle the 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 trash talk, and, and they and try to dish it back, and it's just not there. <laughs> it's not like the like Philly fans are just bothering him for no reason. I mean, this dude was complaining all week prior to or two weeks ago. He was being held and whatnot in a game against the Jaguars. Not, not to mention, Philly fans do their research. They're not, no, yeah, they're not yeah. oblivious. They do their no, research. Yeah. So like you're I, going on like you know your your interview saying like I felt like I was being whole. It was it was BS. It was rigged and stuff like that, man. I mean, like you lost, dude. Like you gave up a twenty-seven point lead. Your take your L, go home. That, take that your L, go home. I will. I'll give him the hold. I'll give him the hold. I'll give him the false start. Jawan Taylor is very, very good at time of the snap. 
he went a little early on that one, and he definitely looking at the replay. He definitely held Bosa, but also like that same play. There's a pass interference at the end zone. Like here's it, here's the thing. I got. And I don't want to get off topic. I so I told you this a while ago. I said that's the game that showed if Justin Herbert is the top five quarterback in general or not. He is not. not no, yet. he's not there yet. Not. Yeah, he's not. But there I yet. think. I think he's not there yet. But like the one thing I want to talk about with Philly, I want to give Howie Roseman nothing but respect. He built a phenomenal team. That defense is great. The offense is great. And Sirianni and the offensive coordinator have done a great job of doing what Hackett should have done around Russell Wilson and what Sean Payton is claiming he's going to do and what Urban Meyer never did with Brantley or any other quarterback outside of Tebow or Chris Leak. You you build your offense around the strengths of your quarterback. If your quarterback isn't very good at throwing the deep ball, you do more of a West Coast, you know, short pass, mid-range or mid-range pass, a lot of play actions, rely heavily in the run type thing. So he's what they did is they built the offense around the strengths of Jalen Hurts. And it shows. Run heavy RPO. Run heavy RPO. And for the people who are saying that Philly didn't have the stronger schedule, and I want to uh, shout out to a couple of our guys who listen to uh, Bruliana Sports, uh, Aaron and JD, they're actually big Philly fans. So I'm going to shout out to them. But they were actually on another show and I was listening to it. They made a great point. And a lot of different people making a point. I would be fun. But like, you can't shoot people act like like strength of schedule means a little bit but like it doesn't mean everything like the teams didn't sit there at the beginning of the year and go oh i want to play this team i want to play this team i want to play this team it's like no that's not how that works like they just have this is where the cards fell you know they didn't choose for you know the teams they played to suck that's not their fault yeah plus it's the nfl it's not like you're playing some fcs football school like yeah, it's 32 like it, all pro teams like you know it just they just happened some teams were worse than what we thought they would be Exactly. That's just how that works out. The other thing that goes into it, and I also want to really get on to uh, Giants, Giants safety Julian Love. He said on Good Morning Football saying like, shoot, man, like Nick Sirianni ain't really doing much. I don't really like the style and what he does. Shoot, like any of y'all, any of y'all. And he was talking to the like the uh, the, the GM, the GMFB crew saying like any of y'all can go and coach that team. I got like, I got an issue. I disagree. I have a real issue with that. When, like if people said this about Nick Saban for years, just because you got the amount of talent don't mean anybody can coach that amount of talent. There is mental, there's egos, and there's a whole lot of things that you got to put together to make that thing sing. Exactly. Not everybody can do that. Nick Sirianni, I don't think he's going to win coach of the year. I think that should be Brian Dayball. But the job that Nick mm, Sirianni has done with this team. And the style that he's doing it, he talks trash. He's energetic. He's a younger version of Pete Carroll with dark hair. He's the coach that Philly needs because he is. Yeah, honestly, yeah, you're right. He he's the coach that Philly needs though because he is Philly. He fits Philly. (laughs) He is Philly. He fits it. When he went into Indy and got him on the bleacher and said, "That's for Frank Wright," Mm -hmm. I said, "Like that's some Philly ish right there." Exactly, I I love it. I, I love respect it. it. But is like but going back to what y'all said, they don't control the schedule. No. They don't make that. The NFL makes that. You can't let, get, and like that gets on my nerves about that. And they constantly keep saying any other quarterback can do what Jalen Hurts is doing, but nope. better. Anybody can like coach that amount of talent. No, you cannot. No, they cannot. There's only no. a small few. No, there's a reason why there's only 32 of these jobs in the world is it takes a very it, – it, it's the best of the best of the best. Like, that's what the NFL is. So, like, let, let's get into it real quick. So, like, the reason why I think Philly won that game is they did what they were supposed to do. 
the offense moved the ball. They ran the ball. And for all the 49ers fans who were saying, oh, well, they, we held you under 200 yards passing. Great. You didn't stop the run. <laughs> you didn't stop the run. Your oh, defense me, got tired. That's how this works. Your me, defense gets tired. And then, like, it's just the idea behind it is, like, they the, Philly's offense, they game plan properly. Nick Bosa was completely shut down. They made the defense, you know, yeah, they made the defense look bad. And I, I will, that tackle for loss. Yeah. I will give you Brock Purdy. Like, yeah, it sucks, and Brock Purdy's going to be out even longer because apparently he needs Tommy John surgery, which is going to be a long, long road to recovery. I hope he recovers quick. I he love Brock Purdy. He's the second quarterback that I've ever seen have Tommy John surgery as a quarterback. I love Brock Purdy. I hope it works out for him. But, like, the thing for me is, I mean, the defense showed up. They got in the heads of San Francisco. Case in point with um, the guy who got absolutely body slammed for no reason. And then I, I don't know if that's a coaching thing or what. But, like, if you look at the Philly players, the Philly players, like, immediately backed up. Like, when I get involved in this, <laughs> like, this is over. We're going to pick our guy up. We're going to move on. Like, we're absolutely crushing you guys. So, but, I mean, what do you guys think about this game? All right, here's what I thought. Here's what I thought. Everything went south when Brock Purdy went down. It, uh, like, period, in, uh, period, in a discussion. No, it's not in a discussion. That's that's on the Niners' side. The defense was still holding it down. They, they, held, him to, they held him on a 200-yards passing. You did and you didn't allow, and you and your game plan, D'Amico's game plan was to not let Jalen Hurts beat them when he's with his legs. He did not. Miles, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Jason Kelsey, Landon, uh, like Lane Johnson, Jordan, uh, Jordan Malata, Landon Dickerson, and Isaac Samala, uh, Isaac Samala. They beat you with their legs. Absolutely. And defensively, bro. For the first couple, it, it like whether you want to say Brock Purdy or not, Kyle Shanahan got out coach. He did. Nick Sirianni and, Nick Sirianni and, uh, and the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, they out coached him. And it, because everybody knows Kyle loves to either run the ball, run use the use the West Coast uh, West Coast wide zone run scheme, and he loves to bootleg it. Dog, they had to, they had to bootleg contain all game. Yep, and most of the time when they run a bootleg, they always have a tight end that's gonna go that's gonna block the edge. Hopefully, it's not an elite edge rusher. Sadly, they run up against Hassan Reddick, and Hassan Reddick made a, made his presence felt that whole entire game. You want to talk about a career rebound too? That dude was dropped from Arizona, basically goes to Philly and has a complete career resurgence. There, uh, uh, Darian, what, what was your reaction to the uh, NFC Championship game? Um, I didn't really, you know, take away too much. I mean. Coming into the game, I thought it'll be I thought it would be a low scoring defensive battle, and it was looking that way at, at the beginning. Um, but you know, John Johnson fumbled the ball in a crucial scenario. And I, I told a lot of 49er fans in my live, I was like, Well, if the 49ers can't put up points offensively, they're not gonna win this game. And also if they're turning the ball over, they got they barely got away from Dallas, in my opinion, man. Um Dallas was getting the ball in plus territory, they just couldn't execute. Um the Eagles offense is better than uh Dallas, in my opinion. So um, but I agree, man. They Jalen Hurst didn't do anything too special. He had two rushing touchdowns just by pushing the pile in. They need um, to. Kenneth Gainwell got busy. Miles Sanders got busy, and that was it. How except to the offensive line? I mean, they took advantage of running to the left side of the defensive line of the 49ers, which is a very weak side led by Javon Kinlaw, who got benched during that game. Um, they have a weak left side interior, man, and the Philadelphia Eagles took advantage of that. And also I think being able to having to neutralize Jalen Hurst's legs and running ability, Fred Warren and Drake Greenlaw got caught in some red zone, not red zone, but uh, zone zone read schemes, man. Yeah, RPO. Yeah, man. they were they were caught froze a few times, man. 
which was able to get Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell uh, through these gaps a lot faster in that de- uh, offensive line. So, you know, hats off to the game plan, man. They didn't do anything special. They said we're going to run the football, play ball control, and we're going to come out here with a clean victory. And they did that, man. And uh, once once Brock Purdy went down, I, mean, I didn't think Brock Purdy was going to beat them anyways. But once John Johnson stepped in, I kind of knew it was game over after that. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's it, – it, I'm with you 100%. And, I mean, it's – they they out-schemed him. They outplayed him. I think it's right even if Brock Purdy was in. I don't think they win that game. And I, I will take back what I said. Um, I definitely said it last episode that I thought it was going to be 49ers Bengals. I don't know if I have the Drake curse or what it is, but any team I bet on when I make a bold prediction like this does not end well. Yeah, that's why I never trust you over the years when you predict. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is what it is. So everybody bet against what I say. Um, and if it doesn't work out for you, it's not my fault because you chose to listen to a dude you don't know. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the Bengals, though. <laughs> so, but you well, mentioned like, the Bengals. It, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. I mean, it's. The NFC Championship game, it, it is what it is. But the one thing I will stand by is I said it is whoever won the NFC Championship game is winning Super Bowl. Because I just that's what I think is going to happen. I think the NFC put up a more complete. Both teams are more complete than the two teams the AFC Championship uh, put up. But let's get into that real quick. What do you AFC think the NFL scripts are going to be for the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. But hey, this was all predetermined. This is all written back in like July. But that's. <laughs> If y'all believe that, you're morons. Um, AFC Championship game. So, honestly, for for me, yeah, there were some missed calls that should have been or should have been called. You know, they definitely a lot of the Bengals fans will call to a play where the Chiefs hit that one guy or um, I can't remember who it was. They hit him real late out of bounds versus you know Joseph Osai who hit Patrick Mahomes very late out of bounds. I I don't like that. That's how the game ended. But there is no reason why the Bengals should have even been in that position at all. And I'm, I'm not calling out Joseph Asai. I know he feels bad enough. I'll give him, you know, it, it's, it is kind of his fault, but it's not Jermaine, fully his Jermaine fault. Jermaine already gave him a year full. Oh, I know. But like, it's not fully his fault. Like Burrow looked, the, the offense looked lost in the first quarter. Um, Burrow threw what? Three, two, three turnovers. Two, 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 two turn. You can't like rich being, you know, Darren, you and I being Jags fans, it's rich for us to say, you know, you can't lose the turn. It, the stat that was shown during the Jaguars Chargers game, as I think it's 98% of the time, if your team is winning the turnover battle in the playoffs, you're winning the game. So Kansas yeah. City didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. Here's, here's the other thing, though. Um, if the Chiefs, you look at the last few matchups, they were seeming to get all their offense flowing, whether it was like Joe to Jamar, Joe, T. Higgins, and they got a little bit of the run game going. You saw a little bit of that, but they was never they was never truly able to get the run game going. Right, that was the best game I've ever seen Chris Jones and Chris Jones play in his life in the NFL. That was by far his best game in the game. Best game. Now Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, he's magical. He made a lot of plays, and there's a lot and there's a lot of things that you just can't do with that man. But by far, if Chris Jones does not have the game that he had, they're not winning that game. Tony he, Romo almost had a very different career too. Oh yeah, yeah, he was uh, almost just something <laughs> really, really wild. Um, but now nah, I agree. Like, I hats off to the Chiefs defense, man. I mean, I think uh, they've been the Achilles' heel for the Chiefs for the last, you know, few championship runs. Like sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. But these last two games, man, really to end the season off, plus the playoffs, man, they've been balling. I mean, they haven't had an offense score over twenty points in a game. I think Jag- yeah, Jaguars had 20 points and the Bengals had 20 points. So 
Um, they've been balling, man. I mean, just when you thought that defense was going to crumble and let Joe Burrow drop down the field, they made a, a stop after stop after stop. Chris Jones was a menace. Um, shout out to the to, to the to the young guys in the secondary, man. Like they just made play after play. Um, I, I do believe, like, I mean, a couple calls were here and there, man. I get it, right? I mean, like everybody said there there was a block in the back on that kick return by uh sky Moore and stuff like that and also like the rough in the passer call on that should have been called for joe burrow the two consecutive third and nines the the Bengals had i mean they executed majority of those plays anyways so like you know i mean i don't know in my opinion man when you get the ball after you know patrick mahomes fumbles the ball and you get the ball back in plus territory and you can't execute that comes down on you you couldn't run the ball against them as well I mean, Joe Burrow was throwing up some prayers at times. He was getting lucky, but that T. Higgins interception, he deserved that one. So, yep. I mean, and another thing, too, in my opinion, right, if you're Bengals fans, man, if you're going to talk all this ish about how you own the Chiefs and Burrowhead and whatnot, why are you up such an uproar when, you know, a game doesn't go your way or you lost a game? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all did all this trash talking, but then you want to cry then. I don't get it. So, you know, I mean, pass off to the Chiefs, man. They 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 did a thing. Patrick Mahomes was amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the, 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 they they just got outclassed, man. They just couldn't take care of the football. And I know the stat you just pulled up: if you're turning the ball over in the playoffs against the Chiefs and Arrowhead, man, you're going to lose. So yeah, um, and I mean, I, I think honestly, I think Pacheco's the unsung hero of that team. That dude, oh yeah, is, he was balling, man. That dude's I, great. I don't, I don't know what he does. Like he runs like every time he touches the ball, it's going to be the last time. And I respect the hell. That's what happens when you're a seventh round pick, man. You run like you're hungry. I respect it. I, that dude is a baller. I mean, I absolutely love it. But like, and you talked about, you know, turning the ball over. Let's get into this real quick before we get into some Super Bowl stuff. Does home field advantage even matter anymore? I mean, like, it. They talked about it a little bit. Like, if you're looking at some of these guys who come from, you know, like, this is the only time I'll ever give respect to Michigan. You you see these guys who play in Michigan, play at Ohio State. You have these SEC schools where you have, you know, Bryant Denny fits a hundred thousand people. Um, the Swamp is one of the loudest stadiums in all of college football. Death Valley is incredibly loud. Um, Neyland Stadium fits over 100,000 people. You have all these stadiums that get louder than an NFL stadium on most occasions. And it's, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks who were successful in the NFL are coming from these scenarios. And they've either played in those super loud stadiums or, you know, they've played, you know, against teams in those super loud stadiums. So, like, does it even matter anymore? Like, do you think this should be coached like it? I think, like, Leonard Fournette even made a good point when he was talking about the, this. Again, Olin Tellegra props Leonard Fournette. Jalen, you know how pissed I was when they drafted him. Uh, we was we was at Buffalo Wild Wings that, that, that time when you did it. I was so mad. But, like, the thing for me is I think, like, it's getting to the point where while the gap between college and pros is still immense, when it comes to – you know, the fans and when it comes to some of the noises and the outside noise with how much of a spotlight these players are on right now, I don't think it matters as much. Yeah, I, I agree. I really do agree, man. I don't think home field advantage really matters. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I know teams play better at home. I mean, we've got to see Patrick Mahomes have a road playoff star. So, you yeah. know, I mean, hopefully one day we can see that because if not, they're going to continue to have the champ conference championship there in Arrowhead. But um, I don't think so. I mean, Pat, Tom Brady walked in the Arrowhead one year and got him. Joe Burrow did it last year. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's nice to have. If it gives you a little more confidence, but we've seen multiple times a one seed get bounced in the first round to a wild card team. 
Last year, the Titans like statistically had home field advantage in the playoffs, and they lost to the uh, the Bengals. So it is over this year. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter, man. I mean, it is what it is. So, and like you said, these are all these are all pro athletes. They come from these, you know, colleges where it was louder on their game day sets and stuff like that. I mean, they they pro- they practice these type of things. They have silent snap counts and whatnot. And you can tell, like, they, like the players don't get as rattled, man. They're not false starting and what not. Oh, and they're not, you know, committing dumb penalties and stuff like that. I mean, if anything, man. I mean, like, shoot, you you execute a few plays that first drive, the crowd is already done. So you yep. know. I mean, I don't, it, it matters, but it doesn't. It's not. A, it's not as strong as people want to make it. It, it. it really depends on who the quarterback is and who, what the team is made of mentally. Not to mention the level of preparation. I'll give you that. The level of preparation that is that is now available for a lot of teams, both co- both collegiate and professional. It, it's advanced right now. You can simulate crowd. You can simulate the level of crowd noise because they prepare for the instance where they're not going to be able to hear. So using like play calls and signals and stuff, there's always little antics that's used to be able to not allow crowd noise to be able to be, be that much effective. I mean, remember the times where Seattle and both Arrowhead were the places that you never wanted to go because it was so loud. And I would hear like, you would hear former NFL players and hall of famers talk about like just certain unlike areas and stadiums that were just so hectic that they couldn't hear that on they couldn't hear ain't just about anything. They couldn't even hear themselves think. So it really just depends on who the quarterback is. I mean, you think about Brady, he was not phased. You see Patrick Mahomes, he's not phased. Joe Burrow wasn't phased. There's just some guys that don't get shook and they don't get phased by the moment in the in the crowd noise. I think the only player that gets phased is the kicker. <laughs> I'll give you that. Except the kicker, Except for Tucker, and I will. Yeah. So we mentioned Brady a couple times this episode. Uh, we we do want to talk. Like I will say, you know, as of recording this, Brady is officially retired again. Um, do you think allegedly? That, allegedly, do you think he stays retired this time, or do you think he comes back after kind of seeing where all the quarterback dominoes fall? He's. Do done. you think he's done? Yeah, I, I see, mean, I, like, see, the reason why I think he's done is he's on forty six now forty. Um, yeah. Well, what more does he have to prove? I mean, he has well, he seven championships. He didn't have anything to prove after the last Super Bowl either. He didn't, but like you know, I guess he had that urge once again. I mean, I think he knows, man. Like, like we've seen like these NFL films, like you know, of like on Paramount about him just trying to get the uh, the teammate involved, team involved in the games and stuff like that. They were checked out. I think he still has that competitive edge, man. But I, I just don't think like players are as bought in as him. And I think wherever he goes, if he wants to be Las Vegas or the 49ers, you know, like, yeah, it, it have been cool, but like, you know, I don't know, man. I just think that he's, he's done. Like he just has nothing to play for him. Like I said, he's going on 46 years old. Like, yeah, like, that's fair. You're, 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 you're doing too much. I mean, at times like this year, like he put up good numbers passing yard wise, but like, you know, it was just, it was not fun to really watch him play football this year. It was very inconsistent. I mean, at one point I think he was like throwing an interception every game. You know, so yeah. Um, I'm 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 glad he's done. You know, like it would have been nice if you would have went off better last year. You know what I'm saying? But this year was it was cool. But uh, and plus he got to get his family back, man. Like that's <laughs> gone. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it's gone. <laughs> his, gone. What's her name? What's Griselda? Griselda? Whatever. Her name Giselle. Is? Giselle. Like she uh she commented on one of his posts saying basically like essentially guys speed to him and stuff like that and you know yeah, wish you all the best. Life. Yeah, like, and yeah. I mean, but Family's at the same done. time, the dude in the video, Brady said he don't regret a thing. So you know, hey, 
It is what it is on that part. He, 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 I mean, you know, when you when you're a phenomenal football player, you want to match crab man. You you do it by any means. So, hats off to him. Um, I hope the NFL never ever again lets an individual player win seven rings, especially at the quarterback position. I think that's egregious. <laughs> we and, gotta talk about the script. Oh my god, bro! Like I know it's fun for storylines, man, but that is so annoying, bro. How did one? I know I'm going right right now, but how did one dude win seven championships in 23 years, bro? That is insane. That it's is nuts. so and, insane, bro. Like that is aggravating. I don't want that. Like I know it's fun to watch dynasties, but God, dog, bro. You it's know like, like, like how many? T- like he broke your heart, uh, Jalen. He broke our heart, Garrett. Like he just ridiculous. Brady didn't break my heart. No, Daryl and Daryl Bevel the, broke my the, heart. The rest broke our heart because Miles Jack wasn't down. Um, but that's a whole other conversation that everyone's right. heard a thousand times. Before, but, before before we go, I gotta answer that question. I'm disappointed in y'all because y'all mentioned football aspects of why he's done. I'm saying he's done for now, but I need him to come back in the middle of next season. Here's the reason why. And I'm this is completely utter hatred and bias. All right. If Brady calls it quits forever, do you know the fan base, the owner, and the team that he lost to? They will milk that until the end of time. I'll give you that. We cannot allow them to have that on their chest. They can't have that title. They will go for the rest of their life not having a Super Bowl for another 20 years. But they could end up saying, we're the team that ended Tom Brady's career. I can't celebrate Tom Brady for that. I want to. But I can't. Darren, if I'm not he, sure if you noticed, but we're not a fan of the Dallas One Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see. I know he hates the Dallas Cowboys. Waiting on my uh, t- live too. <laughs> if he would have retired last year, lose to the Rams, and the way he did it, I'm fine with that. I can celebrate. Him. Yeah, it was great, and it would have kept his family. Not only did this man <laughs> lose his family, barely won a division, got beat up. He lost to the Dallas Cowboys, and that might have been his last game of his career. He gotta come back. So how At torn do you think? Game. How torn do you think Skip Brainless is gonna be between his love for Brady and his love for the Cowboys for who who he's gonna support better? He's already torn. This like that's just another day for him. I, I honestly didn't even know that was a big deal until Jalen says I hope Cowboy fans that's disgusting. Like just leave it alone, man. Like <laughs> So wild, bro. Cowboy fans have some have some honor. Y'all are more delusional than Titans that, fans. That, that, that's what that's what I was scared of, bro. When that game was going on, I'm saying like Brady got to win that game, and if he don't, and he retires, we're gonna be living through a much, 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 much close to close close to hell. Just imagine if they would have won a Super Bowl, which they wouldn't yeah. happen. But the fact that they in and the fact that they can say that they ended Tom Brady's career. We're going to be in for a long, 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 long run of them gloating about nothing. Well, so on that, I, I want to touch on one more thing before we get into predictions. Um, Aaron Rodgers, do you think he goes to the Jets or the Raiders? Jets. He Okay, he should really go to the Raiders, in my opinion, because they got more weapons, even though Garrett Wilson is good. But I see – I I I'd say the Raiders – but he could go to, but uh, you know his, you know his buddy, his friend Nathaniel Hackett is in the is with the Jets right now, and eh, I won't be surprised. 
I think he should go to the Jets, if anything. Um, I think they have the potential to possibly make a deep I mean make make the AFC East uh more competitive and more exciting than it already was last year. I think they go in the division if Aaron Rodgers goes there. So um I would like to see him in that green and white, honestly. If he goes to the Jets, the only thing left he has to do to complete the Brett Favre legacy cycle is to go play for the Vikings and then steal a bunch of money from the people at your home state. Goodness gracious. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this like, I can see that happening because you telling me people are not going to take Aaron Rodgers over Kirk family member. Shoot, if Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Minnesota, though, to get Kirk out of there ASAP. That's what I, that, I, I, like, yeah. I know that contract's expensive, but like, yeah. Yeah, yes. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think he goes to Oakland. I don't see him going to the Jets because he wants every fiber of his being to not be. Well, first of all, well, first of all, he's not going to Oakland. He's going to Vegas. Oh, my bad. I, I st- they're Oakland to me. I know they're Vegas, but they're Oakland to me. That's, <laughs> hey, it's all good. I get it. But like, let, so let's get into it real quick. First of all, uh, before we get into anything, I don't know if y'all just got the same alert I did, uh, but apparently there's an alert uh, or a warrant out for. Mixon's arrest. <laughs> Apparently, uh, this know. just came out six oh, minutes ago as it. of recording this. Yeah, Bengals running back is wanted on a charge of oh, aggravated menacing after allegedly pointing a gun at a woman and threatening her. All right, this is the this is the demise of the uh, Bengals right here. I guess. Huh? Hold, 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 hold on, real quick. Hold on. I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure I get this track right. Real quick. Kareem kicked him. Okay, got it, got it, got it. We're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. All right, I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track. I love how on this post the comments have been disabled, at least as of reading this. That's that's actually kind of funny. Um, not the actual charges; those are terrible. I, I, those I aren't trying, funny at all. I, I was trying to keep lists as far as like I'm trying to say which one kicked them and which one punt and punched them. Uh, that man is. That's if it, this is all alleged at the moment, um, as of. Oh no! It this, says. It says uh, this was reported by um, Dove Kleeman. Okay. He's verified on Twitter. NFL Dove Kleeman. He says uh, the warrant out for Bengals Joe Mixon alleges that Mixon pointed out pointed a gun at a woman in downtown Cincinnati, according to local reports. Mixon allegedly said, you should be popped in the face. I should shoot you now. The police can get me. Whoa. Yeah, man. That's not good. That's, that's not good at all. That's that. Wow. All right. Well, on that note, um, we're going to pivot to Super Bowl predictions. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how we pivot from that. Um, wow. All right. That, Man, that's that's crazy. something. Yeah. That's, breaking news. Yeah. We'll so break our, because our first guest in, our first breaking news. Yeah. Well, it's going to come out Friday. So everybody should know about this by then. But I mean, wow. That's that's insane. Um, but no, Super Bowl predictions. I mean, what is everybody? Well, let's go into something a little more lighthearted before we get into predictions. Jalen, you mentioned this uh, pre-show. Favorite Super Bowl commercial. I want to do least favorite, too. So what's your favorite? Uh, what's your least, least favorite? Fa- least favorite to me uh, has to be the Mr. Clean commercial where they made it sexual. That was my least favorite. And my ultimate favorite, uh, it, it, look, nothing's ever going to surpass this commercial. The NFL 100 anniversary commercial where they had all the greats in there. Marshawn Lynch, my all-time favorite running back, was trying to get a cake. The ball fell, and it was all hell that broke loose with every single great play in there. And the favorite moment, when Tom Brady gave all of his rings to Baker Mayfield, said, hold my rings. <laughs> I'll give you that. My least, Darren, what's your least favorite before I get to mine? Man, I honestly don't even know any 
to remember any Super Bowl commercials like that. Um, <laughs> man, um, the the NFL 100 one was really good though. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that was that, that, um, that was good. It's hard to beat that one. They didn't one year like Doritos tried to drop a commercial and it was like real sexualized or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Or Skittles yeah. or something like that. Those are a little cr- yeah. those are cringy to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really about it. My least favorite one was um, the one, I think it was two years ago, the Michelob Ultra ASMR one. Okay. Like, I, I, I'm not an ASMR guy. If that's people's things, that's people's things. For It makes my skin crawl. I mean, you, dr- I, I mean, you drink and you work with, you've worked in liquor stores before. So, like, you know alcohol more than, more than me. It was more of an ASMR thing. So, basically, like, they were whispering. They had different mics and everything. And the way they set it up is they had two mics and – um, she spoke into one of them and it came from the right speakers. I'm in a room with surround sound. So I'm hearing like a whisper from behind my shoulder and I'm like, I'm, I'm already uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I, I didn't like it. Like every, I was in a room with like 15 people and all of us were like, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. Like we're all trying to find the mute. It was super uncomfortable. I, I, that was not my thing. That was my least favorite commercial favorite. I'm with you guys in NFL 100. That was just fun. That was just a fun commercial, but Super Bowl wise predictions who do we think has it you already know what i said I, i'm thinking eagles take it i've been saying it for weeks my, whoever wins the nfc wins the super bowl my heart says philly because they got four bama guys uh the quarterback has my first name um it's a great I, reason i want i want philly to win it but my head keeps saying patrick mahomes and Andy reed and travis Kelsey is gonna find a way to get the thing done well if the ref's kid bets on the game we'll see what happens uh, I got Eagles, man. Um, that was my prediction from the get go. I had Chiefs and Eagles in the championship. I do believe the Eagles just have too much on offense defensively. They can really contain what the uh, the Chiefs try to do as well. Um, and also, this is going to be a very interesting conversation going forward because I don't know why some people out there believe the Chiefs are already a dynasty, but if they lose another championship, what does that say about them? Um, I think you need to win multiple championships to become a dynasty, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But you know, but anyways, I think the Eagles grab this one. Um, and Jalen Hurts rise up into the offseason, man, with a contract looming and proving, man, which is a fantastic story by him, man. I mean, this dude has overcome so much from being benched at Bama to having to leave and going to Oklahoma, still being downplayed, second round got kicked to the curb in year two last year. Everybody was kind of doubting him still and questioning if he's a franchise quarterback to now possibly being a game away from being a Super Bowl champion and having an MVP type year, man. So I think he's going to grab it. And, man, I mean, shout out to the Eagles if that happens. That, but that's my prediction, Prediction though. I think it's going to be the Eagles. I just want to ring for Uncle Rico, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Garter, aren't you? I love Garter, man. I love yeah, that played, dude. He played partnering this year, too. I will say that, so. Yeah, he would. He, did he would. He did. He did get some minutes in the um in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. yeah so yeah. well, that's that's gonna wrap it up for us. Um, I want to do our shout outs real quick before we close out for sure. Um, basically, I want to give a shout out first of all, Darren, to you. Um, appreciate you coming on, man. I also want to give our shout outs to our guy Austin over at the Wrestling World Podcast, our boy Jim over at Fan in the Van. Still wait um, for that invite on that podcast. Hey, we'll get there. Our boys uh, Brent and Dave over at fourteen twenty Podcast. I want to give a shout out to the guys at the BS in Sports Podcast. Again, Aaron and JD over at Brutally Honest Sports. I want to give a shout out to Jesse or DJ Scoob over at the Undiscovered Entrepreneur, the Geeky Dad Podcast, and the Think About Us Podcast. So, 
Thank you guys for joining us again. Darian, thanks again for coming on. Um, if you guys love the show, you guys know what to do. We are on literally every podcast platform I can think of off the top of my head. Hold on, Darren. Let our audience know where they can find you. Yeah, let's do yeah, that real quick. Yeah, too. absolutely, man. I thank you so much for having me on. Um, it was pleasure. It was fun. I'm talking ball. I love doing this. Um, but you can find me on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Chill Takes. Uh, Chill Takes underscore on Twitter. Um, Chill Takes YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. And also, my main platform is TikTok. You can follow me on TikToks. I go live just about every day, daily uh, posts. So, um, yeah, man. So, we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. So, yes, if you guys just hit us with a follow from our official account, too. If you ever want to come on again, man, let us know. You're more than welcome to come on again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So, we appreciate you coming on. Um, if you guys want to talk to us as well and you want to reach out, talk about the shows, you can always reach out to Darian through that means. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. We're Two Dudes of Sports News on Facebook. Uh, it's easy to find us on Twitter. We're TDSN Pod on Twitter. Um, we're a little more active on there. Um, if you like the show, tell everybody you know. Uh, we really do appreciate the support. Feed the algorithm gods with those five-star reviews and comments and all that fun stuff. I don't know why it helps, but it really does. Um, tell everybody you know if you liked it. If you didn't like it, um, this never happened. You're never getting that time back. I appreciate your time, um, but never happened. You never listened to it. We're going to move on, go our separate ways. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Peace.